Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Something Businessy podcast. It's Franny here. And before we dive into today's episode, I have a question for you. When you go to write content for your brand, do you have a clear brand voice that you know exactly how to speak from? Or are you writing in a way that sounds professional, maybe a little chat GPT-ish, or just like a lawyer or somebody boring wrote it? Sorry, lawyers, I'm not saying you're boring, but you know, the writing. We want to have a little more fun with our content. We want to insert that personality, that brand voice into every single piece of content, every email, every Instagram post, every podcast, all of the things that we do. So we made you a super fun brand persona quiz that will help get you started. And just by taking the quiz, you're going to learn something about yourself and your brand voice that maybe you didn't realize before. Then you're instantly going to get all kinds of awesome insights with a downloadable PDF guide that is custom to your results. Now, this quiz has been a huge hit for us for the past couple of years, but we just gave it a total makeover. So even if you've already taken it before, you're going to enjoy giving it another whirl. So pop on over to ampersand-studios.com slash quiz and click start. All right, let's dive back into our topic for today. When you're in the echo chamber of seeing your own competition and what you're doing, it's all you can see. And it's hard to not feel like you should be doing it the same way as someone else instead of trying to solve a unique problem or the same problem in a unique way. Welcome to the Something Businessy Podcast. I'm Franny. And I'm Nicole. And we are stoked to be your brand coaches and business besties. We started Ampersand Studios in 2009, and we've learned a few things. Over the years, we've made lots of mistakes, but celebrated a few big wins too. We build brands by helping small business owners unapologetically settle into their voice and visuals so that they can create meaningful content that attracts the type of client and work that lights them up. We designed this podcast to be your place to come every single week to get an honest and candid dose of inspiration, step-by-step actionable workshops, crazy stories, random thoughts, and our take-it-or-leave-it approach to business. So get in. We never know where this is going to go, but we promise to at least talk about something businessy. Hey there. Welcome to Something Businessy. I'm Nicole. Oh gosh, guys, it's just been one of those mornings. I have an entire house full of I have two kids and a husband that all have a cough. And so constantly I'm trying to find time to record this episode and I feel like it's like everyone is coughing at the same time or they're taking turns to cough. It's been I mean, those of you who are moms definitely know, but The real miracle here is that I didn't get a cough. I had a little congestion, but overall, I'm normally the first one that um, incubates when the kids come from school and bring it home. It's like mom is always the first one to get sick. So knock on wood, I am taking my greens and I am planning on staying healthy. So uh, today I, uh, I finally got them out of the house. I am going to sit down in my home office. Actually, I'm standing in my home office and I want to talk to you guys a little bit about sales and making sales in your small business. So what are we really actually selling? Most everyone who listens to this has a small business or is thinking about having a small business or maybe running a personal brand or you already have a brand or, you know, essentially we are trying to sell something. Right. And so when it comes down to to sales and trying to to make sales and figure out what people want, there's a lot of psychology that we overthink. A good friend of mine once told me, Nicole, 
People just want to get paid, to get laid, and to get fit. Okay, got it. Paid, laid, and fit. Okay, it it totally made me laugh, but she isn't wrong. Something about that conversation really stuck with me and clicked in the realization that marketing human desire is relatively straightforward. We are animals that are fulfilling basic needs for the most part, right? We just like to overcomplicate it and mostly by just being too close to our own product or service. So so we are we are in our own world all the time. And I think that that is a huge mistake that most small businesses make in marketing because we are this close to our product. We are, it's right in front of us. We know everything about it. We are experts. We created it. And we expect that everybody is listening and seeing every post, every story, every email blast, uh, that, they're, that they are in tune with our products the same way that we are. But it's our job as, as business owners to position ourselves and our products in a way that someone can really understand what it's about with a very minimal interaction. So most people are not fangirling your product. You need to be able to sell to them in a matter of seconds. And we need to be figuring out what our main thing is and talking about it on repeat over and over and over again. So how many times do you have to see an ad before you make a sale? I think it used to be seven. Now it's something like 15 times. That's not necessarily an ad. It's just an interaction with you. You know, did they drive by your sign? Did they see an ad on Instagram? Did they see a post? Did you put out a reel? There's a lot of touch points that somebody needs to to come in contact with you. Or you need to have such an irresistible offer and such a... uh just a no-nonsense approach to this is the problem I can solve and this is how I can do it and be able to portray that really quickly. We are lazy. Humans are lazy. I'm sorry to, to bring that to you. And I'm one of them. I'm one of the lazy humans. I think that the biggest thing that we can do when we're marketing is to look at our own human behavior because if you are lazy and you don't want to listen to a big, long video, then maybe you need to... Um, to also make different content for those people that are a little bit, you know, don't have the time or the energy or the patience to watch the big video. We got to we got to put all sorts of stuff out there. When it comes to sell, sales and uh, and our products, what are we really actually selling? That can be kind of vague and go on forever. If you're selling baby toys, what are you actually selling? Are you selling a tactile interaction with a toddler? Are you buying a mom and dad's time I, by keeping the toddler's attention for a long time? Is it aesthetic? Is, are, they, are your toys beautiful when they're left in the middle of your living room? You know, these other things that we're selling are what make up our product. If you're selling a beauty product, what are you actually selling? Are you selling, you're selling confidence. You're selling, uh, maybe it takes less time to do your makeup or it covers better or whatever it is. These are, are the things that, that make up our unique selling proposition or your really cool thing. These things that, that set you apart, the things that um, really dive into the problem that you're solving and the way that you solve it. So advertising is often just pushing people to spend money on stuff they don't need, sometimes with money they don't have. Building a brand is so much more than that. It's about making people feel something when they interact with your company on any level. All of those content ways that I had mentioned previously, 
Um, but also an ad or the way that if you have a brick and mortar, like a salon, do they walk in? Do they feel the something when they walk in? Are you creating an experience? When it comes down to problem solving, what are the results that you're getting and how are you positioning yourself to stir? Really, anybody can white label China products and slap a pretty logo on it with some amazing marketing campaign and a huge ad budget to make a buck or even a million of them. I mean, really, millions. It, people are doing that every single day. They're rebranding products already exist that were made cheaply, and they're just really good marketers. And that is that is the solution to them. But what is our solution? That might be the business model that you have. It really, it, there's nothing wrong with that. The answer is having a deeply rooted brand that's really solving a problem. and. When it comes to just being a really good marketer, are you actually solving a deeply rooted problem in a creative way? Probably not. I mean, you're running a business, which I, I no shame on. But if we are actually trying to solve problems for our ideal customers, we need to be a little bit more innovative. And it comes down to understanding who your ideal customer is. And if you haven't already done that work, I really, really recommend it. Because you need to be able to understand who they are on, you know, on a surface level. Are they approximately this age? Are they living in your area? Or can they live abroad? Or can they live across the, the country? These types of things are important to the way that we're, we're programming our ads and teaching them what other things do they like? What other brands do they like? Do they have kids? Do, are they married? Are they, you know, whatever, whatever their story is. It's all going to change the way that you speak to them and the way that you sell to them. It really, it comes down to, to their motivations and you could break it down to maybe an internal or external motivation, which helps us understand their problems. When we know why, like with their deep-seated pain points and their aspirations, it's going to help us solve their problem better. And in the words of James Wedmore, we love him. He's the host of Mind Your Business podcast, and he's uh, fantastic. We got to meet him in Arizona for a speaking engagement just a couple months ago. In the words of James Wedmore, he says, be the best right only way to solve those problems. Be the best right only choice. Be the best right only product. Be the best right only whatever. Fill, the, fill in the blank. And the only way that you can be the best right only solution for somebody is by really understanding their needs. Back to the that internal and external motivation that they might have. So an internal motivation might be the desire for personal growth, achievement, inspiring creativity, stuff that's going to, you know, fire those like happy endorphins on our brain. Learning new skills thoughts, feelings, and perceptions of themselves, which is a huge one because we are all living in our own reality. And so the way we perceive ourselves is a huge part of, of the problems that we want to solve, right? Because if we have a specific perception of ourselves, we want to get to the answer of it, right? Um, so if you feel like you want to look more this or you want to be perceived as this, that is a huge thing to understand when you're solving problems. How can you solve those problems too? 
a more internal ease and elimination of fear. Those playing on people's emotions, um, hopefully in a genuine way, um, is huge for marketing. And you want to be the best right only for somebody. And the best way is to really understand them internally and be able to offer solutions that make them feel something. And that is what a good brand does. Okay, now we have external motivation. So that could be social status, other people's perception of them, which would is like their beauty, their external beauty or um, perceiving as A, B, and C, perceiving as rich, perceiving as a good mom, perceiving as a, you know, a hard worker. These types of things are external. So it's other people's perception of us. Financial benefits and power are all what I would say would be considered like an external. And there's a lot of other external motivations that could drive the way that they buy. It comes down to what the deciding factors are. Okay, so what are you asking of them? The amount of time it takes to get to the desired solution, the amount of money it costs, the effort or exertion that it's going to take, and the outcome or transformation. Okay, so when you're so time, money, effort, and outcome, those are the things that we want to really double down on in our sales and in what we're talking about. We want to let them know that the the we are the best right only choice in that we can solve the problem the best way for them. If our ideal customer likes to learn in a slow way, they like to take their time with things versus people that want instant gratification, you're going to sell to them differently. So that's why there's no like sales tactic that's just for everybody because we all have different customers that we can serve the best. So an example I pulled, um, I don't know why this just came to mind, but have you guys ever heard of the brand Bentgo? So I actually bought a Bentgo lunch box. Oh, I think we'd had it for, it was when Benson was a Montessori, so it must have been two years, three years maybe. I really, I don't know why this brand came to mind, but they now make, I think they started with kids and then now adult versions, larger versions, like different containers. But the brand Bentgo essentially makes little bento boxes for packing kids' lunches. So it is basically a leak-proof clamshell receptacle with an inner plastic tray that has like little cubbies for each item. You could argue that it's a lunchbox or like Tupperware if you were describing it, but the brand tells you that this product makes it easier to pack, pack healthy lunches for kids. So if you look at all of their marketing, there are creative ways that we can make kind of like an at-home lunchable situation for our kids maybe a healthy, more creative way. So it reduces waste since you can make small portions without needing to individually package or buy the, buy like the pre-packaged little containers or put in Ziploc baggies. So that the items are not going to leak or contaminate one another. Like I squirt like ranch and sauce in it and it never, it never leaks or gets in with the other food. So Bento has done such a good job with its brand that they're able to charge upwards of $30 for a kid's lunchbox, which, I mean, in the realm of lunchboxes, you can get one for, you know, five or five or ten bucks pretty easily. They are outwardly branded on the top lid, it has that Bentgo logo on top that shows the status and upscale price point, designer product, healthy content. 
environmentally friendly, list goes on, the perceived value equals I'm a good mom if I have this lunchbox, right? Okay, so if you break it down, we we have a lunchbox that is has built a brand for itself to where we're recognizing the brand in in mom world. And I'm talking about a really specific customer, right? A customer of a mom who has school-age kids is probably going to be in the realm of that customer. So those of us who are familiar with the brand recognize it in others and we say, oh, that probably, that mom's probably a good one because she, think, you know, cares about the environment and she packs healthy snacks for her kids for lunch. These types of things that go into this brand are what make us feel a certain way about it, right? And so it, the key motivators for this brand, ideal customer, is I want to be perceived as a good mom. And, you know, that might be far-fetched, but for me, that would be the case, right? Like, I want to be perceived as a good mom. I want to make it easier, quicker um, to pack lunches. I'm tired of buying packs and packs and packs of individually packaged things. There, There is a perceived value with that that could both play into those internal and external factors, right? I want to be perceived as a good mom. I want to make it easier for me. I want to feel like I'm doing a good job. So um, so all of those things are driving factors that we can use in our marketing. And there's nothing shady about that because really, if we weren't putting that out in our marketing, then how would we ever find the person that we could solve that problem for? Because really, that is a problem that, we're, that, that Bentgo is solving. Another example, at Ampersand Studios, we are helping small businesses build brands. Ultimately, we are providing services that lead to businesses looking more legit, <laughs> which results in a, cl a clearer message and a more put together brand aesthetic. Everything that we do here at Ampersand Studios is essentially it's make making a better brand perception for small businesses. We're trying to provide them with tools to make it so they can play with big brands and look more legit, have more streamlined processes, and essentially be able to create marketing plans that are competing with other brands that are hiring firms. So if a small business does brainstorming with us, that is a one-to-one -one coaching service, or the Unbreakable brand is essentially the same service but self-guided. And then we also have brand photography services and a content team that does social media management. Ultimately, we solve the problem on multiple levels. We have, we have the voice factor with those, those small businesses that are just feeling a little bit lost and need that strategy and need the, the brand fart created for them or with them. We have the visual aspect of creating content, graphics, photography that matches that brand so that way that brand can get in front of more of their ideal customer right working with ampersand studios in this way equals street cred equals social status equals more sales equals the business making more money so i always say that i love my job so much because i get to make people more money and that's exciting for me there's so many mom and pop shops and small businesses that are really doing something incredible, but they don't have the tools to market. Just like a lot of us don't have the tools to do our own taxes. It's just another thing 
that is a to-do that's a really important to-do for a business. So it, it's really gratifying that we get to provide that for people. Our one-to-one brainstorming service is handheld by our team, but there is a high demand. So just to kind of talk about about why what one person might go for one service for the other and where I think we're, we're doing something right with tackling this is that one-to-one brainstorming service, it's with me and another member of my content team. And it's a three-hour deep dive. So, and it's a lot of like energy and mental space because we are really creating that marketing strategy. But there's a high demand because we can only do three a month. That is, that's our cap. I can't do more than that. I don't feel like I'm giving the quality service that I want to if I'm taking more than that. Plus, we have a kind of a small studio and uh, we have demands for shooting in the studio. We can't do both simultaneously. So that means that for that brainstorming service, we have to charge more for it. Okay. Because there's a higher demand because it has to be performed by a person. So the unbreakable brand is the same thing, but it's all self-guided digital coaching, which allows us to serve more businesses since our team doesn't have to facilitate the coaching, which can make it a lower price point. And then it can be self-guided and with some support with our team. So we love these methods and feel like they're equally valuable. I mean, I do. I think that you can get the same transformation with both and produce incredible results. But one may be a better fit for certain types of a business owner based on the level of support, time, involvement, and price point. The perceived value with what we do in our studio, Ampersand Studios, is that we provide street cred for small businesses. (laughs) It's funny to say it that way, but that is ultimately what we provide. But when it goes a little bit deeper, we are actually tackling fear of not looking legit, the fear of not being able to sell, not feeling adequate, not these things that are pain points to small business owners because we get in it and we see the competition. And when you're in the echo chamber of seeing your own competition and what you're doing, it's all you can see. And it's hard to not feel like you should be doing it the same way as someone else instead of trying to solve a unique problem or the same problem in a unique way. So really, small businesses' perceived value is that they want to be perceived as legit, right? So no one knows what a hot mess it is in here. Our marketing tactic is that we want to reach people that we can help in that way, that we can solve their problems in a unique way. That's all I've got for you guys today. And I really challenge you guys to look at your own businesses and it wouldn't be a bad idea to to re- rewind, re-record. We do plan on making this into a blog post so that way you guys don't have to take notes. But it is a really good thing to think about when you are trying to stir up, what am I actually selling here? Am I selling baby toys or am I selling time for mom and dad, right? Am I selling education? Am I selling, you know, looking legit for small businesses. You guys have an awesome day. I thank you for being here with me. And I've got a lot of good stuff in the works for you. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Okay, we'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Something Businessy podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for links and mentions. And it would mean the world to us if you take a second to leave a review wherever you're listening today and share this episode with someone businessy. We'd love to hang out with you more. So please come say hi to us on Instagram at something businessy.